And what a lovely Monday evening it is. We are back out of the employment hour. John Pinkett's from the firm is taking the show tonight uh, with your phone calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And one triple eight two two five talk That number is toll-free. You have questions about your employment, your job, your boss. Maybe you are the boss. Maybe you have a severance offer in front of you. Or you're just thinking that maybe sooner than later, your spidey sense is telling you that something might happen at work and you want to uh, want to hedge your bets as to how well you fare. You want to give us a call and talk to John, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Email anytime, help at employmenthour.com. And we'll get to the severance pay calculator in just a bit between all of your phone calls here the evening as well. John, we always start off, my brother, with the week that was. you got a couple things going on. What are they? I do. So I'll start off by talking about a few situations that uh, may sound familiar or or, uh, Mm -hmm. not to you or maybe someone uh, one of our listeners knows. And feel free to call in and and, uh, it's a good time to chat about your workplace rights because that's what we're here to do tonight. So the first situation I wanted to talk about was a VP of sales who called me two weeks ago about his termination. He was 39 years old worked for a relatively small company for about six and a half years, earning $135,000 per year. Mm -hmm. Termination without cause due to restructuring, and the offer he got was six months' base salary. So he looked on our firm's online severance pay calculator, which showed this to be essentially consistent with what he was owed under the law, uh, or so it seemed. Uh, But see, after I spoke with him, it was revealed to me that he was also earning a bonus. And the bonus ranged anywhere from $20,000 to $25,000 per year. So I asked him, have you been paid your bonus for 2017? And no, he hadn't. And what was truly frustrating for him is he had his annual review recently, and it had been confirmed to him that his bonus for the year was going to be $22,000. It was set to be paid this coming June, the end of the company's fiscal year, only months after he was let go. So fortunately, after taking a look through his documents, I had some good news for him. And the law protects employees in this situation. And in fact, the Court of Appeal just spoke to this exact issue. You don't get punished and you don't lose your bonus just because you were terminated without cause. In fact, even if you were terminated with cause, uh, if you have an accrued bonus, you're still going to be owed that. This was a bonus that had already been confirmed to him that he was going to receive. So essentially, he was being denied unpaid wages. That's $22,000 right there. But for this individual, it gets even better because what the law also says is that you're owed a prorated bonus for the time that you would have worked but for your termination. So he's owed his bonus over a six-month period based on the average monthly value of his bonuses from the last couple of years. This worked out to another $11,000. So we add these two things together, and there's $33,000 that he's being shorted by the company, notwithstanding the fact that the length of his severance package... Seemed appropriate. So we're working on getting him that $33,000. And my goodness, uh, is he glad that he called us, and and rightfully so. So the lesson here for employees is that when you're asking yourself whether a severance package is fair and you're going on severancepaycalculator.com, that's a good place to start. But don't just look at the length of the salary continuance or the lump sum being offered offered to you. Give us a call. Uh, because severance is supposed to put you in the same position that you would have been had you not been let go. So there's a reasonable t- chance to land on your feet. That means not just base salary, but it means commissions. In many cases, it means overtime. And, and yes, it means bonuses as well. So if you're not sure, again, talk to us. Let's walk through it together. That number, by the way, to get hold of John or Lior, another member of the team, when the show is not on, one 821 5900 I guess you would put uh, stock options, possibly car allowance in that as well, right? 
Yes, absolutely. Stock sure. options, car allowance, pension, everything. And often it's it's those things that make it worth negotiating a severance package because those things can be very valuable. Often a you know, car allowance can be a couple thousand dollars a month. What else you got going on? So the second situation is a little bit unusual. Uh, I was speaking with a woman who'd been employed as a receptionist for 10 years and she was let go two months ago and was offered three months pay in exchange for a release. So she told the company she didn't think that was fair, which it wasn't. Uh, but what they told her was, well, you're a receptionist. You're not earning very much. It's a good economy. We think if you put your mind to it, you're going to land on your feet in no time, and we're not going to owe you more than that. So, of course, this person was unhappy with that. Not a great way to treat someone who's been employed with you for 10 years. Uh, but she thought, what can she do? What can I do? Yeah. As you can imagine, this this whole situation was fairly stressful for her. And, in fact, it, it it's particularly stressful because she had some chronic conditions. And often this these kinds of situations can have an impact on your health. There's, mm-hmm. you know, the sort of, you know, when you have more stress, your whatever conditions you have get exacerbated. In her case, it did exacerbate a chronic condition that made it very difficult for her to type or even move around, which is kind of a problem for someone who's a receptionist. So she went to her doctor and her doctor said, you know what, you shouldn't even be trying to work right now. It's just not safe to do wow. so. So that's the point that she came to me. And the first thing I said to her is, well, get a note from your doctor explaining what's going on. So she went and she did just that. And the doctor's note reflected exactly what had been discussed earlier. These are her conditions. At this point in time, it's not a good idea for her to try to work. So armed with this medical document, documentation, we went to the company and asked why the three-month why the three-month severance package was horrendously inadequate. Actually, we explained why it was horrendously inadequate, and talked about how it was probably about thirty percent of what her actual entitlements were. We also shared the doctor's note and talked about what the impact of that would be on her ability to find work. And our firm recently took a similar issue to trial on this, where the court said that if an employee is too sick to look for work, they're still eligible to be compensated for severance. It is no less of a wrongful dismissal. So fortunately, long story short, the company has a lawyer now who's giving them a reality check, and I'm confident that we're going to get her her full entitlements, which in her case is about nine months of her pay. And so at the end of the day, I expect her to be about 25000 ahead of where she was before. So the lesson here for employees is that if you have a medical condition that is exacerbated after your termination, go see your doctor. Yes, you have to look for work at some point, but not if you can show that you're not able to look for work and you have a good reason. And the other lesson here is, of course, don't accept a severance offer just because the company tells you it's fair, no matter what their reasoning is. I mean, quite frankly, even if this woman did not have a medical condition, she would have been making a huge mistake by signing that severance offer. So go on the severance pay calculator. It's free. It's simple. Then come to talk to us. It's so amazing. You know, they check the calculator, they get the number, and then there's either a contact button at the bottom of the calculator, which will put them in touch with uh, with you or Lior or someone on the team. And just a phone call can mean the difference of literally tens of thousands of dollars, right? Yeah, that's right. And a lot of people wonder, well, why would my, I mean, I've known these people for so long. Why would they pay me less? Well, as it so happens, companies don't really like paying severance and they're banking on you finding a job. And sometimes they're right, but sometimes it's going to take you a while to find a job and you need to prepare yourself for the financial security that you're going to need during that time. 
You know, the number anytime you want to call in, this is uh, piqued your interest or something sounds familiar or it's raised a question in your own mind, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one triple eight two two five talk That number this evening is completely toll-free. We're here till around uh, 10 to 8, so you got lots of time to give us a call. John will answer your questions, give you some uh, some ideas moving forward. also want to talk about this, and we touched on this list a couple weeks ago. I want to get back to it because uh, we had a lot of response with it, and that is the biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Uh, the first one on the list is they wait too long to do something about changes to the terms of an employment. So first of all, tell me what the terms could be and then what is t- waiting too long? Well, the, the terms of your employment can be anything from pay to your duties to where you uh, change your, where you perform your duties. And when we're talking about these changes, um, you know, some people, for example, for duties, they'll have it in their employment agreement that it's permissible to change your job duties from time to time. But if you've never signed an employment agreement allowing a company to do that, then you don't have to let the company do that. So, for instance, if you're a store manager and all of a sudden a company makes you an assistant store manager, soon you could find yourself being demoted again. Right. And you don't want to let the company do this. Don't wait a year. Don't wait a month. If you can, don't even wait a week. Once you wait longer than a week to do something, you do run into danger if you, because you could be considered to have acquiesced under the law to these changes. Right. And if there's, so if there's a change to your employment, speak to a lawyer and get it handled. And a lot of these changes I'm seeing now, uh, interestingly enough, I've just seen a whole uh, slew of these changes come when people are coming back from maternity leave, uh, which is really uh, the most egregious way that, that you can uh, change someone's employment duties because that's when you're vulnerable. And Uh, Often these people, uh, women in those circumstances, are reluctant to do something, but absolutely they should because they have rights. Another thing we often talk about in some things that uh, compromise your legal rights, that is allowing employers to take or at least put them on a temporary layoff, right? Right. So the same thing goes for a layoff. So if you're put on a temporary layoff, you don't need to agree to it. You don't want the company to be able to put you on a temporary layoff again, and a temporary layoff is a termination. So the best way to do this is to tell them that you're not accepting it and that you tell them that it's a, you consider it a termination of your employment. And the best way to do that is through an employment lawyer. And as far as the law is concerned, without an explicit written agreement to the contrary, that's what a temporary layoff is. It's a termination. That means that you get the exact same severance you would be entitled to if the company had let you go without cause. And all the calculations on ST Law's severance pay calculator will still apply to you in the same way that they apply to anyone else. Uh, But importantly, and I I cannot stress this enough, don't ever, ever uh, quit your job without speaking to an employment lawyer. Give us a call. Let's talk uh, talk through this with you. Because if you resign from your position and it turns out not to be a constructive dismissal, then you've just lost your job and you've lost your entitlements. And you don't want to be in that situation. Now, when it comes to temporary layoffs, I mean, there's the, the the caveat is if if you're in a business or any type of job that automatically it's accepted, it's it's known that there's layoffs during it's seasonal work. In other words, right? That's different. Yeah. So if you have a job where, for instance, let's say you're working in landscaping and you, right. you can't do it over the winter time, and you work from September or, or let's say let's you work from April to October, let's say every year, and Every year you get uh, you get called back, and every year you go off and you do your own thing the rest of the year. So if they tell you, like always, that they're going to let you go and uh, they'll you'll bring you back the next year, then that's fine. They're entitled to do that. Uh, but that being said, if they say 
in April when you're usually called back and they say, well, you know what, actually, we don't have anything for you this year. And they've had something for you for the last 10 years. Then notwithstanding the fact that you're seasonal, that's still a termination because it's a term of your employment that you work every season. So even in those situations, don't assume that an employer has free reign to do whatever they want. There are still parameters. You still have rights, even in those situations. As a te- if that happens, say, 10-year employee, you've always been temporary, and it comes April, they say, you know what, we don't have work for you this year. Is your severance still based on 10 years, even as a temporary employee? Yeah, so it's just going to be based on your part-time income, right? So you're not going to be entitled to the same thing as a full-time employee, of course, because you weren't making a full-time employee's income. So you may only right. be earning, for example, $17,000 a year or $20,000 a year, but you still get uh, your severance based on how much notice you should have gotten for that. And if you're getting notice, it doesn't count unless it's paid notice, right? So that those entitlements are the same. Right. Kathy, I see there we're going to take a short break. We'll get to your call and yours as well. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one triple eight two two five. talk That number is toll free. Lots more. The Monday night edition of the Employment Hour is coming right up after that short break right here on Global News Radio. You bet the Monday night edition. Also Wednesday where you're here, the weekend shows, and of course Employment Hour at 30 on Global TV and CTV as well. That happens on Saturday and Sunday mornings. That would be the uh, television show. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell and toll free one 225 talk to call to John uh, till about 10 to 8 tonight. And uh, Kathy, thank you so much for hanging in there. How are you? I'm good. Yourself? Good. What's uh, What's going on with you? So I have a question. I have a very dear friend who um, uh, is on a long-term disability, and um, her uh, insurance has just um, uh, confirmed that she's still eligible for the long-term. Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. sorry. Um, And then, um, but her employer has started, like, sending her... um, letters and asking all these questions and they're saying you know on this date your doctor said this and on this date your doctor said that and like kind of questions right. that are a little bit funny um in any case so i think her biggest concern is can she be fired or terminated when she's on a long-term disability great question that is a great question so there's a few considerations that we want to think about here now, at this point, does it look like your friend is going to be able to return to work ever at some point, or does this look permanent? Um, I think that she should be able to return at some point. She has like a, she was recently diagnosed with a disease that they're trying to sort of get under control. Okay. So uh, other people like go to work every day. Currently, she can't, but uh, that doesn't mean she won't be able to at some point. Right. So the first thing that we want to look at is what the doctor's notes say. So if the doctor's notes provide that she is unable to work right now, but she's they're working on it and she may be able to improve later, they have a duty to hold her job and they have to, to at some point, accommodate her up to the point of undue hardship. Now, the first thing that we need to make sure that we're separating here is there's a separate issue of entitlement to LTD, long-term disability benefits, and uh, to your job and, and to severance. And those are two very separate things, and a lot of employers get them confused, right? So a lot of employers say, well, your LTD was denied, therefore you have to come back to work. Nonsense. Human rights violation, wrongful dismissal. So that's that's number one. Um, now, an employer can take make a decision to terminate uh, employment at any time, and there's not really much you can do to get the job back. 
But if they do that, they're going to owe her severance. And if they do it on account of a medical leave due to LTD, they're also going to be liable to her for damages for, for breach of her human rights. So if they're smart, they won't terminate her employment uh, in those circumstances. Now, if they get a letter at some point from one of the doctors saying, you know what, her prognosis is not looking good. I don't think she's going to be able to return to work in the foreseeable future. In fact, I don't recommend that she returns to full-time work. At that point, the employer can take the position that her employment is frustrated and they can end her employment without being liable for human rights damages. They still have to pay severance in that circumstance, but it's going to be a lot less. So what I'd advise your friend to do is just monitor the situation, keep sending doctor's notes, and remember that there's a big difference between entitlement to LTD benefits and uh, employment benefits. So don't. So it's important for her not to think that just because her LTD is denied, hopefully it's not. If it is, then we, uh, we have people at our firm who can help her with that piece of it. But the employment part is very, very separate. She has rights under both her LTD policy and very separate uh, and mutually exclusive rights under her employment agreement or her implied employment agreement. So can I ask a clarifying question? Because I'm not sure if I understand. So sure. if, if she was, uh, if they terminated her employment, mm-hmm. she's still, she's not still eligible for long term then. Like she wouldn't, like she would have nothing. Is that correct? Well, or, no, I mean. She still it, it, get long term benefits, like because she's on a long term yeah. Could she still get long-term benefits but not have her job? She could. She could. It's going to depend on the plan, and it's going to depend on her eligibility under the plan. And a lot of times, a long-term yeah. disability provider will deny disability benefits when they are, in fact, due under the policy because they're trying to save money, just like everyone else, right? right so right. I, I wouldn't make that assumption just because she's not working. If she's been receiving them before, uh, she shouldn't give up those rights either. Right. Okay. Okay, I think um, that's helpful, and I guess if all else fails, she should probably call somebody that knows. Yeah, yeah call John. Yeah, call John <laughs> if anything goes wrong, yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, right. if anything goes wrong, this this is an issue that I see all the time. Uh, for now, they haven't, you know, they haven't threatened to terminate her employment. I gather they haven't done no. anything wrong yet. But if they start doing that, if they start threatening her and or she starts getting letters suggesting she's not going to get her disability insurance, we have people that, that handle that. But from the employment side of things, definitely have her give me a call if something starts to go awry. Kathy, appreciate your call. That number, by the way, to get a hold of John or Lior anytime, one 821 5900 and help at employmenthour.com. Again, one 821 5900 is the number you need to know. Jeremy, good evening. How are you? Hi, John. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I just had a quick no question. Uh, about a uh, year, year and a half ago, I contacted uh, Diamond and Diamond who put me through because I got terminated from my job. And uh, the lawyer that I had, that they had sent me to um, was adamant that he couldn't help me because I was a seasonal worker. I was a landscaper. And uh, so I, he, he ended up recommending me going to the labor board. Uh, it took a long time, but the labor board sorted it out. And they found that I did owe, that he did owe severance based on the fact that he employed me throughout the winter, uh, even though he had technically laid me off, uh, that he, he was still paying me to, to do snowplow and snow removal. I'm just wondering why the lawyer that I had hoped that would be able to help me and possibly would have gone faster with the lawyer uh, couldn't have made that connection as well. That's because you're not dealing with an employment lawyer. How long were you there, Jeremy, working? I was there... Uh, uh, five years. 
Five years. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So there, there's two lessons, I think, to be learned here. So the first is, of course, if you have an employment issue, uh, it's important to speak with an employment lawyer. It is a specialized area of the law, right? Just like if you have uh, a back issue, you're going to go to your physiotherapist or your chiropractor. You're not going to go to a foot doctor, right? The same conditions, right. you know, the same considerations apply uh, when you're going uh, to see a lawyer. You know, I'm not going to give someone advice about uh, an estate dispute, right? Because it's just not my specialty. And there, and it's very important that if you're dealing with a legal issue, you you deal you go to someone who deals with those kinds of issues every day. Otherwise, you're selling yourself short. So that's the first thing. And and it wouldn't surprise me if you were speaking to someone who wasn't an employment lawyer who wouldn't recognize that because there's a lot of nuances in this area of the law. And the other thing is that you went to the Labor Board, and it's great that the Labor Board was able to give you something here, but as a general rule of thumb, when it comes to severance, you do not want to go to the Ministry of Labor. Uh, and fortunately, I, I think if you had spoken with an employment lawyer, that's what they would have told you. They would have said, look, you've, you have rights under uh, the Employment Standards Act, but those are your minimum rights. And the Ministry of Labor only administers your minimum entitlements. And to get yeah. something more, you have to go through uh, either the Small Claims Court or the Superior Court of Justice, depending on how much your claim is worth. And you may have been able to get a lot more had you gone through that process. Right. So... Look, hindsight's always twenty twenty, uh, but I'd say that if you or anyone else is in a similar situation, you know, number one, make sure you speak with someone who is specialized in that area. And I think that doesn't just go for employment law. You know, any issue that you're having, any legal issue, you want someone who's ideally not just, you know, a quote-unquote generalist, someone who actually deals with that specific issue every day and will, will not uh, steer you in the wrong direction. And the other thing is, Anything to do with severance, you don't want to contact the Ministry of Labor. Vacation pay, holiday pay, unpaid wages, sure. That you can go to the Ministry of Labor for. But severance and Ministry of Labor should not be in the same sentence uh, for anyone who wants to enforce their full entitlements. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Jeremy. Lesson there, don't always shop for a lawyer uh, from a billboard on the gardener. We are talking about the uh, biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. This kind of dovetails into what Kathy was talking about. And another one is don't stay in touch with their employer when they're on a medical leave. You've got to stay in touch, right? Yes, you do. This, this is a really critical one and a mistake I see a lot of employees make. And it's, you know, it's understandable to a certain degree. They assume, well, I'm on a medical leave. The company knows I'm sick, so I don't have to do anything. And the thing is that while, yes, a company has a duty to accommodate you, as an employee, you also have a duty too. You have a duty to cooperate. And the best way to show that cooperation is to see your doctor regularly, talk about your condition, talk about what your likely outlook is for your return to work, and then send those doctor's notes every couple of weeks. And if your doctor is being asked to fill out a form, a note, a functional abilities form, get that form filled out. Now, a company cannot ask your doctor about your diagnosis, but absolutely they have a right to ask your doctor about the prognosis. They've hired someone temporary, they've made some arrangements at work, and they need to know, and they have a right to know, what the future is going to look like for them. 416 870 star 640 on your cell and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Lots of time for you to call in and ask your questions, just like our uh, callers have so far this evening. We're talking about the biggest mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights. You don't want to fall into the trap of any of these. Another one is uh, don't have written, written records of important events or conversations you've had with your employer. 
Right. So when well, when you start an employment relationship, you don't want to have it in writing. The best, usually, the best contract is a handshake. Yeah. But when it comes to anything else, you do you absolutely do want to have it in writing. And what I always say to clients is that if it's not in writing, basically it doesn't exist. Yeah. If you just had an important meeting with your boss where some allegations have been made against you or something inappropriate has been said by your boss, put it in an email. Talk about what was said and how uh, you would like to respond. And sometimes what an employer will do is fire someone on a medical leave, do it verbally, and tell them not to come back. And then we come in the picture to negotiate severance, and the employer tries to play dumb. They say, what do you mean? We don't know what you're talking about. We were very surprised. We thought this guy was just on a medical Uh, leave. Now, of course, that's complete nonsense, but it makes it an uphill battle for us. So don't make that mistake. You know, it's going to be very hard for a company to argue that you weren't fired or that you just left your job if you have been put it, if you've put it into writing, into an email, and the company doesn't respond to correct you. Even better if the company responds and confirms that you've been fired. It's going to mean that negotiating your severance will be quicker. And as employment right. lawyers, we're going to have we're going to be able to get much more severance for you. Email anytime is help at employmentlawyer.com and, uh, of course, severancepaycalculator.com. You want to find out what your severance should be. The true number takes about 30 seconds to go through the online program, and it's uh, absolutely no charge. There's nowhere to put a credit card. It's totally free. And there's a contact button on the bottom if you want to get a hold of either John or Leo or a member of the team. There's also an employer mode if you're an employer. It'll work for you if you want to find out what your obligations are as far as severance is concerned. Got uh, Maria's uh, up next. Hey, Maria, good evening. Hi, good evening. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. Um, I just I just had a question. My husband was uh, with his uh, employer for over 30 years, and eight years ago, the company was bought out by a company in Quebec. Okay. Uh, at that time, he had signed a letter, you know, saying, oh, we uh, agreed to be hired by you guys, and um, the, the termination provision on that letter was, uh, and I'm only entitled to whatever under uh, the Employment Standards Act. Okay. Uh, so n- now we've gone to an employment lawyer here, not you guys, and mm-hmm. they said that because he signed that, he'd only be entitled to whatever they offer under that. So they've only offered him eight eight weeks, which is like one week per year. Okay. Do you know how large this company is? Uh, so now it's a larger company. They have different uh, like sub- 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 subsidiary companies uh, within okay. Ontario and Quebec. Okay. And uh, I know listening to you guys previously that when you sign something, they, he wasn't offered anything extra. I think that was that's one of the things you guys have said that if you sign something to go on with a new company, they have to offer you something extra, like another week vacation or more right. pay. Right. But, well, well, the, it is true that there is an exception when there is a purchase and sale, and there was a brief period of time last year. Uh, where the law said that in a purchase and sale, you have to be given something extra, oh, but the Court okay. of Appeal kind of shut that down. So unfortunately, okay. that remains an exception to the rule that when there's a purchase and sale, you actually don't need to be given anything extra. But that being said, uh, I would still give us a call if I were you, because if they have, for instance, done something to violate the Employment Standards Act, as I find a lot of companies in Quebec do, because they don't understand uh, employment standards here, there may be a way to get around that contract. And the other thing is, we're going to want to look if there's a way to... um, to get around that contract if the termination provision was not drafted in a strictly right. legal way. And for someone with 30 years service, uh, the court is going to be extremely uh, give, give it extremely hard on an employer who doesn't draft that properly. There's going to be a very, very high degree of scrutiny on a termination clause in a situation right. like that because it's just clearly 
uh, an inequitable situation. So absolutely, I would recommend that you or your husband give us a call, send us that contract, and let us have a look at it's like it. Like a one one page, uh, like two paragraph letter. Right. But yeah. I, I, I was just going to say, go ahead. Yeah. I just want to ask a subsequent question. Sure. Do they, he was just let go. They just said, oh, you know, it's not going to work out. Do they have to give you a reason? No, they don't have to give a reason, but, okay. but they do have to pay proper severance. And that's a big question, right? For someone with 30 years service, the stakes are going to be, you know, how much was your husband making? Like 90000 a year. Right. So we're, we're, we're talking severance entitlements in the six-figure range, right? So the stakes are extremely high. So even if one employment lawyer has told you, I don't think there's anything there, I think you would be... Um, not doing yourself justice if you didn't go out and seek a second opinion because we we often see things that uh, other lawyers don't because uh, in situations like this, you have to kind of be creative. You have to think outside the box and see if there's anything there um, that uh, because it's just clearly an unfair situation for someone who's been there for 30 years, right? So we need to see, you know, have they crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's? And if they haven't, again... um, there's going to be a high degree of scrutiny on them. So I think that it's a good idea to at least give us a call. Worst case scenario, you know, we give the same answer and say, actually, you know what, there's nothing there. It was drafted properly. It is drafted legally. But I'd be surprised if there wasn't. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much for your help. You're welcome. Thank you, Maria. That number, one 855 821 one and help at See, that's a perfect example right there of picking up the Well, she's listened to the show before because she, she's, she's got some legal chops there. I could hear it. And she's listened to the show, so she's smart. But that is a phone call that could potentially uh, save them, if not make them, a lot of money, right? 30-year employee. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it, it is tough that there's an employment agreement, and we see this so often, and it, it just kills us that there are people sending, giving employees with 25-year service an employment agreement where at that time their entitlements are huge, mm-hmm. and um, they're being asked to give them give them away. And I'll, I'll tell you, John, there's the courts are, are being increasingly hard on employers who do this. So sometimes there are employers who say, okay, um, we're letting you go or we're transferring you to another division or that we're getting bought out and here's an employment agreement that contains a termination clause. And there is an argument to be made that that's not a comparable job. Of course it's not comparable. You're giving up one of the most important rights that you have as an employee. So I'd say in a situation like that, there's a good argument to be made that you don't have to accept that job. So when you get that contract, that's the time to give us a call. Uh, But in Maria's case, I would still give us a call because after 30 years, I mean, the the, the stakes are just so, so high. You just don't want to walk away from that until you're absolutely sure that there's nothing there. You still have time to uh, call and ask your question as well, 416-870-6400 or star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. As you know, we do this show. We do Wednesday evening, the weekend shows, and Employment Hour and 30 is on Global TV and uh, CTV as well. Going to wrap up our topic for tonight. Maybe get to a couple emails while we have time, and that is the biggest mistakes that individuals make, compromising their legal rights. Um, and this one, you tell people not to do it all the time before giving you guys a call, but they quit because they feel they have no other choice. Yeah, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. So it's one thing to resign because you have another opportunity or you just aren't enjoying the job anymore. But if you feel like you're being pushed out, your pay is being reduced, you're experiencing severe harassment, your job duties have been taken away, some other problem, talk to us. Give us a call. 
maybe you don't need to quit. And many times I'm not just negotiating a severance package, but sometimes I'm negotiating a return to work. Sometimes there's nothing better than seeing an employee, particularly a long-service employee, salvage their career. And we may be able to resolve that problem. So don't act impulsively. Really think about it. Talk to us. Get to an email from Faye, by the way. It is a help at employmenthour.com. Faye says, my employer terminated me for cause because I stole some cash from the register at the store I worked at. I said I was sorry as soon as they caught me and promised that I would never do it again. It's a very uh, tough time for me as my brother had recently been in a car accident and I took it to help him. Uh, I worked there for 12 years as a cashier. Do they owe me any severance? Faye, unfortunately, in this circumstance, it is unlikely you're going to be able to recover any severance from the company. Yeah. You know, it is true that the threshold for just cause is extremely high and it's very hard for an employer to deprive you of severance, but there are a couple things that are almost always cause for dismissal and theft is yeah. one of them. So if you did actually steal funds from the company, uh, especially in a role like that, uh, regardless if you owned up to it, I think as a cashier, it's safe to say that the company would be on solid footing to say they had just cause. Raj uh, writes in, says, I was just put on a performance improvement plan and told that if I don't improve my sales by 150% in 30 days, I'll be terminated for cause. Uh, No one at this company has ever achieved those kind of numbers. Can they do that? Well, the truth is, Raj, that the company can terminate your employment for just about any reason they want, but they're going to have to establish just cause for dismissal. Uh, in order to deprive you of your severance. And uh, depending on your age, years of service, and position, that amount could be very significant. So if they're putting you on a performance improvement plan, they are probably trying to build a case to let you go. So what I want you to do is this. Write an email to your manager explaining that you got the performance improvement plan, explaining why you disagree with it in a respectful fashion, Mm -hmm. and ask to have a meeting with them to talk about more realistic targets. Hopefully, you can come to a mutual understanding with them. But if you don't, then at least you have it on the record as to why that was not a reasonable request. I want to get to uh, to Liz on the line. Hey, Liz, good evening. How are you? Hi. Um, I have a question. Um, can you hear me? Yep, yep. Go ahead. We got you. Hi. I have um, early onset Parkinson's. I'm in my early 50s. Um, and when I go in for interviews, um, People, sometimes my tremor in my hand is noticeable, sometimes it's not. And uh, I don't know whether or not, should I, should I say something? Should I mention it? I feel it's, I, I feel it's been held against me in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if I should or not. I'm not sure if I should just mention it. Right. So you know? that, 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 that's, a, that's a good question. It's a tough situation to be in. And the reality is you're, you're absolutely right. There is prejudice everywhere we go. There's, there's disability pre- uh, prejudice. There's age prejudice. I, I don't think that you should hide it from the people you're meeting with. Uh, but one thing that you should be aware of is that if the employer can, can show that they don't have, uh, that they, they can't accommodate you, that they have what's called a bona fide occupational requirement that, that doesn't allow for people that have your symptoms, then it's only minor. I have only a it's it's a very minor term, so it's not. I I don't require accommodations. Okay. Well, I I think that if you don't require accommodations, I I don't know if you really need to disclose it. I mean, your your personal medical conditions is really no one's business but yours until it starts affecting your job, and you need to start asking for accommodations, right? So if you know at the uh, at the outset 
that you're going to need those accommodations, then I think you need to tell them, say, hey, look, I, sh- I just thought I should let you know I have this condition. I'm going to need such and such accommodations. But if that's not the case and they're minor, then I would say, you know what? It's up to you. Is that your, and, and if you think that prejudice is there and, and if you think it's there, it probably is there, then maybe uh, maybe don't disclose it. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you, Liz. Appreciate that. Anytime you need uh, more advice, you can call John for sure at one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. That is the way you. Run. I mean, it's 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 kind of a fine line. You want to fess up right away and tell them, but she's saying it's such a it's such I won't say unnoticeable, but such a, a slight case at this point that I guess she feels it'll be prejudiced if she does tell them. Right? It's a tough call. Yeah, it is, but she should know that. I mean, technically, she has rights. I'm not going to suggest that she starts a human rights application against these prospective yeah. employers, but if she's being discriminated in hiring. There's protection against that. Uh, the number anytime when we're not on the air, by the way, one 821 5900 That would be the one. If you haven't used it yet, severancepaycalculator.com to uh, further any uh, discussions in that regard. I think I can get through Ian here quickly before we go. He says, I've been working full-time for a company for 10 years as a contractor. Uh, they just ended my contract, say they don't owe me severance. I don't get a T4, and they don't make deductions for tax. Do they owe me anything? They certainly could, uh, depending on your situation, Ian. So if you've really been working there for 10 years on a full-time basis, at the very least, I think you're going to be found to be what's called a dependent contractor, in which case they're almost definitely going to owe you severance. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that if the company controlled you up to the point where you weren't really in business for yourself, but you're in business for them, then you're probably going to be deemed to be an employee at law, and you're going to have all of the same entitlements. So give me a call, and let's chat about this. Nicely done for uh, another day, sir. You want to get hold of John or Lior now that we're over till uh, back in Wednesday night. The number is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email is help at employmenthour.com and we mentioned it, referred to it several times, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what you're owed by using that tool. We will be back Wednesday night and of course you've got the employment hour and thirty on TV. That happens on CTV and Global as well. On your weekend mornings. Till next time, we got on point on the way back with Alex Pearson right here on Global News Radio.